Hi, everybody. It's episode 200 or 426 of PodQuest. It's Tuesday, October 11th, 2022. I am Chris. With me is Druton. Hello. And Walnut. Hi, I'm here. Man, what a start. You okay over there, Cub? You good? It's been a long day. You you all right? It's been a long day. You're the one who wanted to record today. I can't tomorrow. Well, whose fault is that? Yours. (laughs) No. I've got nothing going on tomorrow. No, you, ha- you had to stream Resident Evil tomorrow. Yeah, because we're recording today. Instead, I'd be normally I'd be recording today or streaming today and recording tomorrow. You could still record. You could still stream today. No, no one's stopping you. I could, but honestly, this works out better because I have no food in my house, so I need to go food shopping. Instacart. So I yeah i I don't have those delivery apps on my phone anymore. You have a computer. I was I, I was spending too much money on delivery, so I deleted them. <laughs> I mean, a hundred percent. Like I was, I was ordering out too much or spending too much money on delivery fees and tips. That like I two what was it two weeks ago? I saved like over the course of like three weeks, I saved at least two hundred bucks. Actually, by just not having those apps on my phone. Yeah, I mean, aside from like like just not cooking, so you're spending money on the food itself. Like all the fees on those things are ridiculous. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I ended up ordering lunch today from uh, Latencion. And it's like, it's even on their website, which I guess is through Slice. I can't remember. They it's use not Slice. Slice. Yeah. It's their own. They they actually have, if you go to their website, it's their own proprietary service. It's not Slice. I oh, I didn't know they used their own, too. Um, It's a $3 delivery fee on top of tip. But you save like 90 cents for ordering local. Quote, local. And I'm like, this is, that's already a, like a. Five to seven dollar transaction before I even put in my food. I, I hate it. I hate delivery fees and shit. Tip I'm fine with. Delivery fees are bullshit. We'll start picking up your food then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was it it if it had arrived when I was expecting it to, it would have been more convenient. But it didn't. So excuses, excuses. That's all I'm hearing. Look, I wanted it to show up as I was getting out of the shower so I could eat and watch Bleach during lunch, but it was like. 15 minutes later than it was supposed to and then I couldn't eat and watch Bleach during lunch because I realized I can't eat and subtitle at the same time at my computer. I mean, you just have to not look at your food so much. <laughs> if I got tacos, that would have been a lot easier. What did you get? Uh, alombre or something like that, I think is what it's called. I don't know. It's it's like, it's it's meat with peppers and onions and cheese and bacon and then they send you tortillas and it's all like there's there's juice in it, so it's like you're gonna be dripping all over the place. Plus, I got like an actual entree and not like just talk. So it sounds like you just needed a bib and you could have watched Bleach. You know, yeah, you're right. I I need a bro bib. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just get yourself like a just get you don't even need like a fancy one. Just some paper towels down the front of your shirt. All's good. Yeah. Just make sure you put your keyboard back so that you don't see, like get any splatter. Right. It's always back. It's always all the way back anyway. All right. Good. Good job. Unless it's your work keyboard, fuck that thing. Yeah. Fuck this thing. I hate my work keyboard. But anyway, Rich, what's on the agenda? Uh, so, me and Cobb spent some time in New York for Comic-Con this weekend. Uh, we all watched Midsommar. Midsummer, Midsommar, however you pronounce it. Um, then Cobb watched Tellraiser. I watched Werewolf by night. I don't know if Cobb had a chance to. I did I not. No, I did. Um, so yeah, that's, that's really gonna be the show. That is correct. Uh. Yeah. So, Rich, be, being that you haven't been to a, a New York Comic Con in ever, uh, no, you well, you went like fifteen years ago. 
Um, I went to, like, the very first one where it was New York Comic Con and Anime Festival at the same time. Both badge, one badge got you tickets to both conventions. Like, that was, like, the very first Comic Con. It was, like, it was the first five years they did it. Yeah. Um, yeah, my god, is that place packed? Yeah, it was, and even talking to some people, like, down in Artist Alley, it was significantly busier than, like, it has been before. Um, mm-hmm. on like days that you wouldn't expect it, uh, from what a bunch of people were, were saying that I talked to Friday was actually the lightest day, which tracks with what I saw. Cause I was there Friday, Saturday, Sunday, um, yeah. Friday was by far the easiest day to walk around. Um, mm-hmm. Saturday was bad, but Sunday actually seemed worse than Saturday. Sunday, Sunday felt a little worse depending on where you were. Like I, I was down in the artist alley for a while and it didn't seem too bad. But, like, going up onto the show floor, even at, like, 3 o'clock, it was obnoxious. Um, especially near the front, like, where everything was. Yeah, what, but like on, the entryways on, are on, always, like, overly crowded. Yeah. Like, on Saturday, it was, it was super crowded everywhere. But, like, as the day went on, the crowd dispersed more from the entryways to the further areas. Whereas on Sunday, it was just literally crowds all over the entryways and like kind of open everywhere else it felt. yeah and i think i think saturday they also had more of the big panels happening all the way upstairs so you actually yeah. had a lot of people were kind of away from the show floor in artist alley um yeah. i noticed we noticed on um on sunday though because erica came with me artist alley at certain points you couldn't even walk around like mm-hmm. nor most years on sunday you can walk around artist alley and easily see tables um, yeah. that was not the case this year. We could barely, like, actually get a chance to look at anything, and in certain cases, and this is always an itch- issue at conventions, like, they need to get better about positioning high-profile people. Um, mm-hmm. because they, they had, they had, like, Donny Cates and... Donny Cates and Ryan Stegman were positioned well, they were on an end. Um... But, like, they had somebody... I was in line with a buddy... Uh, on Sunday, he wanted to get Donny Cates' um, autograph. And the lines for Donny Cates and whoever else was near, like, not Stegman, but somebody else, was, like, two booths down. They had combined both lines into one. Yeah, I don't like, know. Like, they didn't separate the lines or whatever. I think it was, I, I don't, I can't remember who it was. Because Cates and Stegman tend to sign together. Um, yeah. And then an aisle over in, like, the same spot, just one over was um Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo who usually signed together and like they yeah. they were on end spots which generally like the lines become a little more manageable that way um they put Jim Lee literally in his own little room like he, mm-hmm. he had that like like blocked off square in the back um yeah. but then you had Mark Silvestri who is one of the founders of Image Image Comics and is doing his like his first DC work in like 20 years um next month He's doing a Batman book yeah. that they put him in the middle of one of the rows. Like, so his line was so long on Sunday, it covered every single table, like, yeah. down the down the row next it, to him oof. that you couldn't get near any of them. Like, it, it just, I don't know. It seemed like there was, there was a lot of problems with the organization, in my, in my opinion. Like, I understand you keep those artists down there in the artist alley because that's what they're there for. But, like, for the big-name artists that are down there, you really should have given them, like, maybe their own section, or maybe even their own autograph section, because it's just... it, it 
even if I would have waited on Saturday to get the autograph from from Claudio and Chandra, I would have just been waiting in the hall, just in the main hall, waiting in line to get a get to get the autograph. And it's like I'm waiting in line and where people are trying to walk by me and walk around me and and like see other booths that I'd be covering up. And I'm just like, that's that's one of the reasons why I decided not to get their autograph because it's like it's just it's it's inconvenient. I mean, that is always how conventions do it. I expect, like, mm-hmm. at New York Comic Con, like, they do the split floor where, like, the their, like, main hall is, like, the show floor and then Artist Alley is downstairs. And then they have, like, the autograph area where it's, like, all the, like, celebrities and wrestlers and shit like that. Um, yeah. They did actually lay out the show floor better this year. Um, when you get towards, like, the far right-hand side, like, where it's all just, like, kind of, like, the small booth selling, like, random shit. Um, yeah. In in previous years, they have been much closer together. Like they were still close, like like aisle wise. Like the aisles were much narrower. They were still pretty narrow, but you could actually still get down them when there were a lot of people in them. Um, in past years, we've had to just completely skip those aisles because they they were barely big enough for one row of people to walk down, and you'd have two way traffic with people that just stop and stare uh-huh. because. Yeah, people at people at conventions are just they're the dumbest motherfuckers I have ever seen in my life. Like I I can't tell you how many times I said stop stopping on the convention floor this weekend. Like they literally have like signs that ask people not to do that. Cuz it's one thing if you're mm-hmm. stopping to look at something, you move into their thing. I had one person in Artist yeah. Alley walk in front like literally cut in front of me and then stop walking to stare yeah, at something. Yeah. And like I, he was, was five feet away from the booth, and there was nobody in front of him. He just stopped in the middle to stare. And I'm like, dude, so, move out of the fucking way. <laughs> there was th- on Saturday. Uh, me and you talked about this a little bit. There was this awesome Samus cosplayer. Like she had the light up helmet and, Say that and again? everything. Like it was <laughs> Samus. I've never heard it said that way. I like it. Um, but like it was fantastic. Light up helmet and everything. And um, yeah, Drew, I just, had just to give you an idea. This it, it looks so much like 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 Samus out of Metroid. Um, you know, in some of the more modern games, when they would do like a close up on her face, and you'd kind of see her eyes behind it, but it would have that weird sort of glow. Uh huh. They managed to do that. Like they, mu- I don't know whether they had like an LED or if it was just the way the light was hitting like the 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 green like plastic they had in the helmet, but like it had that weird glow on her features that made it look almost like a cartoon character underneath. Neat. Yeah, it was really cool. You, you do know it is Samus, right? I have never heard it said that way. It, it, it that's it's not Samus. There's no E to make the A and A. It's Samus. And if you play Smash Bros. and you pick her, it says Samus. I don't play Smash Brothers, so I've literally never heard the name said out loud by anybody with authority. Well, just letting you know, it is it's Samus, not Samus. Um, also, but. I the the e thing on the end doesn't count when it was made up by a Japanese person. Also, I that mean, like that's not ex- an explicit rule for words. I, it's the English just like language I before e except after c is not an explicit True. rule. Yeah, exactly. English language but is we, stupid. Like we, we were we were joking about it over the weekend. I forget I forget how it came up. Oh, uh, evil! You said something about evil. I'm like, yeah, but that's also vile and live and live. Yeah. And you looked at me. You're just like, I fucking hate that. Yeah, um, and that we were also talking about the the town Metuchen because it's just a stupid name, right? Um, but so the Samus, um, they they they're they're 
they're coming off an escalator, and I'm sitting there, I'd just gotten done eating lunch, I was relaxing for a bit, and they're coming off the ex- 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 escalator that I'm, I'm sitting next to, and like, ten people are like, oh my god, I need a picture, in front of the fucking escalator, and she doesn't say, alright, let's move over here, no, okay, puts the helmet on, puts the gun out, and stands there, in front of the, in, in the way of people that are on these moving stairs, coming down towards her. And I'm just like, get away from the escalator, you dumbasses. Yeah. Like, there were multiple times that I had to, like, bump into people because they stopped at the top of the escalator. And I'm like, get out of the way. Just keep walking. Doesn't matter where you're walking to. Just keep walking and find your way when you can. Yeah, so they this year, this year was fine. So did you go upstairs to where the... Yeah, because you went to the, the lava panel on Saturday. So oh, Yeah, I did end up going to lava panel. So that whole section, like that escalator that you went up, that's new. Mm-hmm. Like, they just finished that's... that construction, like, this past year. That area has never been open before. And for quite a few years, Artist Alley was actually at the other end of the downstairs in a much okay. smaller space because they were doing all this construction. So, like, all the downstairs stuff kind of got, like, shuffled around a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um... But the one year, Artist Alley was basically, like, it started at the bottom of the escalator. So there were points where it just gets crowded. It's not so much people stopping in front of the escalator. It's there was just nowhere to go. And then you'd have people stuck on the escalator as it was pushing them forward. Um, mm-hmm. And then actually Anime NYC, I forget if it was last year or the year before. I think it was last year. You know how, so for New York, your bag checks were, like, outside. Like, once yeah. you crossed over into, like, the convention center area. You could go to anywhere in the building or in that little like outdoor enclosed area, mm-hmm. and like you were you were there. You didn't have to check in or anything. Anime NYC had you check in at at like the gate, the doors basically like that. But then they were doing bag checks inside to go onto the show floor and go into Artist Alley, like two separate bag checks. So anytime you left one and went into the other, you had to do another bag check. That's stupid. Only Artist Alley was also at the bottom of an escalator. So and you'd get off the escalator and immediately hit a bag check. And that caused the backup. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, Anime it's, NYC it's... did everything wrong last year. But they very quickly, like, started to course correct and, like, put out, like, notice. Like, like first thing Friday, they were like, they didn't, say, they didn't say it like this, but they basically said, we fucked up. We are working to, like, get this right for the rest of the weekend. And we will have it, like... We will have a better process for next year's show. Yeah, but but yeah, it's, I I I have to say for being the first time there in ten fifteen years, or whatever. Um, my God, was there not a lot to do? There were far less panels worth going to than there ever have been. So, and, in previous years, I've spent at least one to two hours a day going to panels because there was interesting shit to go see. Whether it was like mm-hmm. like. TV show or movie premieres or, like, um, spotlights on, like, comic book creators or what have you. Yeah. This year, like, there were there were very few of them. A lot of them ran at the same time. So, like, you basically mm-hmm. had to decide, like, do you want to go see this person talk or do you want to go see this person talk? And it was generally, yeah. like, multiple, like, fairly big-name creators. And then all of the, the big stuff was reservations before the show that they completely botched. So, Drew... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get this. So, in order to go to a panel in their one of their two main theaters, like like for either theater, you had to do an online reservation. Okay. They tried opening those reservations the Tuesday before, like the week before 
Comic-Con. So it, it started this past Thursday. They opened reservations the Tuesday, like the week before. Gotcha. So nine days early. Uh-huh. And the system completely crashed. Of course it did. Um. So then they reopened them on Thursday through a different platform. Every reservation was gone within 10 minutes. Yeah. They, they opened reservations at 1 o'clock on a Thursday fucking afternoon. And then you could only get into any of those panels if you had made those reservations. So there was no chance of just going to the show and, like, heading upstairs, like, an hour early and, like, queuing for it like you normally would. Like, mm -hmm. yes, you'd lose an hour of the show, but there was nothing to fucking do other than these panels that you couldn't get into. And my biggest problem is there was generally a good half-hour break from the end of panels to the beginning of panels the entire weekend. So you, if you were to go through, you, well, if you were to go through your, um, your, your whole, uh, uh, uh like Comic Con app, if you ran to a panel on at one for, if you watched the DC's Superman panel at one forty-five to two forty-five, there was a fifteen-minute break that there were no panels or anything going on. At that time. Yeah, they normally stagger them so that, like, there are other panels happening in other rooms. But this year, they seem to have them all run yeah. almost at the same time. And the buffers are good. It's usually, like, a 15 to 30-minute buffer because those panels always run over. Like, whether it's people getting there late or, like, just, like, whatever was happening in the panel just runs a little bit longer than they expected. Like, they give them a buffer. And yeah. this year, rather than having it where, like, excuse me. Panel one ends at 1.30 in, in this room, but there's another panel starting at 1.45 in the room three doors down. No, it's like everything starts at 2 o'clock. So yeah, everything yeah. That ended so at like 1.30, so you just have a half hour to get to the next room instead of being able to just, like, bounce to another panel. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I I'm looking, I'm Saturday at 4 o'clock, um, the Saga Strikes Back and the George Lucas talk show panel ended at 4. The Star Wars of the High Republic Returns and the Rise of YA graphic novels ended at 4.15. The next panel didn't start until 4.30. And there were two panels that started then, and then two panels that started 15 minutes after. So, depending on what panel you, you ended, you could have anywhere between a half hour to 45 minute wait between another panel. And no panels in between to stop in and just hang out and maybe see what's going on. Yeah. Which I think is just kind of poor planning. No, it, it is. Like, they, they mm -hmm. really did a poor job scheduling stuff this year, but they improved things like getting into the building, and the general floor layout was better in most cases. But mm -hmm. their staff was not enforcing anything, and you, no. you couldn't find staff on the show floor. Like, no. At, at, I, I, would, I would occasionally see staff on the ends of escalators holding out face masks, but not telling people they needed to put them on. Yeah, even though there were signs that said it was required, at least half the people in there were not wearing masks. Um, mm -hmm. And then, at one point, when I was waiting for one panel on, I believe it was Friday, um, there was nobody in staff stopping people from basically cutting in line. Because, mm -hmm. like, the queue for, for these rooms get gets really big, but the room's very large, so, like, you can actually, like, fit an amount of people. But they had, like, like roped off cues for each room and there were people that were just walking down the side of it and just cutting into the front to walk right into the room yeah. and there was nobody stopping them from doing it and, and then because of like the issues with like the, the empire stage where you had to reserve your, your your spot like i wanted to go see the bleach premiere there that was my main reason for going on saturday but because i missed that reservation 
I didn't even, I was like, I could just go up there and see if maybe I can get in, but if I can't get in, I just wasted an hour waiting in line for nothing. Like, I could be doing something else, I could be maybe checking out other panels, but the thing is, at the time that I could have been waiting in line, there weren't really any panels going on, so I should have just done that. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's, it's, it was like, there was a lot, it was like few and far between at, at times, like... Anytime I was trying to find something to do, there was nothing going on. And I was like, it's also, the app itself is really bad. Um, and it was hard for me to figure out actually what the hell was going on. Yeah, they, they really fucked that app up this year where like when you went to like the, the panels or whatever it was and it showed you all of the autographed sessions too. Mm -hmm. It's like, which like even on the app, you could go to the app and they have an autograph section. In the app, they have a photos and autos section in the app that you can get all that information on. But when you go into the panels, it also has all the photos and autograph sessions. Yeah, and it's it's funny. So if you click on like a person, though, the person's bio does not show you what days they'd be there. Um, it shows okay. you if they're on a panel, but if they have like scheduled autograph sessions, those were not on there. You had to go into the schedule to find those. And it's like, this is totally useless. Like the website is actually more useful because you can at least see like, when the person is going to be there. Oh. Um, yeah. Cause like, so like the, the one author that I, that I got the book signed from, had I not looked on the website, the website said he was only there Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So like, knowing that, I knew he wouldn't be there Sunday, so Saturday was the only chance to get the book signed. Yeah. And it just happened that like, I got lucky enough that, um, he, he finished up his panel and he's just like, they told me I could go an extra half hour, but like, I'm just gonna go sign books a half hour early instead. So like, we're going to have like an extra half hour of signing. So if you, if you didn't get here early enough to get a ticket, just like head down to my booth and tell them I sent you. And hopefully it doesn't cause like people working in the booth too much trouble. Um, mm-hmm. please, it was basically, please be nice to them. I'm sending a whole bunch of people down there unannounced. <laughs> yeah. And like the people at his booth were very cool about it. it. It's a shame. Like there was one person before me that got there that like was asking somebody at the table like the same question and like basically got sent, like turned away. Because, like, they just didn't know anything about it. And I went up, I'm like, hey, I just came from the panel. Here's exactly what he said. And she just looked at me, and then two other people came up behind me, and they're just like, yeah, no, like, we're we're here for the same thing. And she just looked around, she's just like, okay, it's one of those days. And just, like, let us to the side and said, stand here, just wait here. <laughs> and just yeah. started the line. And, yeah, he came down and just started signing books. Yeah. Um... The main show floor, though, there was a lot of really cool booths. The Dragon Ball booth was awesome. Um, the, uh, was it the Viz Media that had the, um, was it Viz or was it Bandai Namco that had the Demogorgon? Um, I that think was that was sweet. Bandai because the Viz booth yeah. had the, um, had the bleach thing on the side. Yeah, Viz was just bleach. Viz was, wasn't all that great. Um, I mean, it's cool to see that bleach mural, but like it wasn't really all that fancy or anything. And then you got to see, uh, Luffy, uh, twerking, um, all the way back at the, the One Piece, uh, there was, uh booth. <laughs> there was a lot of One Piece at a comic convention. There mm-hmm. was th- three, two, three, three One Piece booths at this convention? Yeah, Jeez. so- Cause there's, there's, there was for the game, I guess there was like a new movie coming out? Yeah, so they took over Times Square with movie posters. Like on like all Did the that. big bill, like all the big billboard screens. Yeah, at some point, I think it was on Saturday, all of those screens were themed for the new One Piece movie. 
Mm-hmm. Um, be- yeah, it's just it, it, it's the twenty fifth just... anniversary of the series this year too. Okay, so that makes sense. it's both the twenty fifth anniversary and like their new theatrical movie came out in Japan, I think, over the summer, and it's about to release in America. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like the longest running shonen, I think. Yeah, and it just kind of shows that like New York Comic Con and me and you were talking about this, like Comic Con in general, but New York Comic Con is more of a pop culture convention anymore. That's there was a lot more. Are. There was a lot more anime than anything else in this convention hall. Anime and Funko Pops. There, I mean, there were Funko Pop dealers, but there was only one Funko booth. There was one, like, like, like there were a few dealers that had Funko Pops, and that's just because, like, Midtown would have comic, or would have Funko Pops, or any comic shops would have Funko Pops. That's why those dealers would Dude, have them. There were at least 30 booths that sold almost nothing but Funko Pops. I didn't really see that. I, I, I mean, I honest, I will be 100% honest. I was not looking for Funko Pops. I'm not going to a convention to look for Funko Pops. Also, the eBay booth exclusively sold Funko Pops. Yeah, but I mean, I'm just really surprised there was a fucking eBay booth. Like, the actually, eBay booth, of all things. I'm surprised there wasn't, um, there's usually, like, an insurance one there and some sort of phone company. Mm-hmm. There was, there was, um, they had a Titans booth, like the, the HBO Max show, Titans. Yeah. Uh, where you could, like, get your picture taken, like, you're in Star Labs. Yeah, they um, had a lot of, um, I guess you'd cut, like, like, photo opportunity booths? Yeah, interactive or photo booths, for sure. Um, but it's just, like, I, I spent most of the weekend by myself, so I didn't really have anybody to do a lot of these things with, and I just really didn't feel like doing some of the things. That, that, I, I made a bad choice and wore bad shoes on Saturday, and I was just dying near the end of it. Plus, since I didn't have any panels to go to, I didn't have anywhere to sit all day. Um, so I was just like, I was having a rough time at it by the end of Saturday. Really yeah, rough time. You really were. You were, you were not walking great. <laughs> no. And then it's um, Sunday morning. I still wasn't doing all that great, but I was able to find one of my ankle, uh, braces or, uh, compression ankle braces that I was able to put on one of my ankles and it really helped me. Plus I wore better shoes. I actually woke up early enough to clean my lawn care shoes. <laughs> A little bit, so that they're not just covered in dirt and grime, uh, and are at least a little bit just clean. Nice. Um, and I wore those, and it actually helped me out, uh, big time. But like, I, I, I don't know why I was expecting it to not be. I knew it was going to be crowded, but I wasn't expecting that level of crowded. You know, I mean, that Saturdays are always that crowded. Sun. That's why I usually don't do Saturdays. I usually do Friday and Sunday. Like, I go up Friday by myself, and then Erica and I go on Sunday. And both of the days are usually manageable. Like, you can get in and see stuff. There are, like, peaks on Sunday, usually, where, like, the show floor's a little too much to, like, deal with. Yeah. But at that point, we usually either go get food or go downstairs in the artist alley. And, like, that's easy to get around. This this year, like, Sunday was worse than Saturday at some points. Yeah. Like, yeah. we just full-on I- left at, like... One o'clock, I think, and we went and got food outside of the convention, which we don't normally do. But it was like mm-hmm. all the lines were too long. There wasn't going to be anywhere to sit down to eat, and everything was just so crowded. We were just like, let's just get out of here for like an hour and like breathe, and then mm-hmm. go back. Um, but I real quick, Drew, do you want to hear the funniest thing that happened at Comic Con all weekend? Sure. All right. So Sunday morning, Erica and I were on we're on the road. We're we we we're just pulling on the two ninety five at the exit. Um. 
near like where the Swiss farms and stuff is. Or that's not a Swiss farms. What is that fucking place called? The um the place that sells chicken. Oh, the uh Royal Farms. Royal Farms. Yeah. So we're pulling onto the two ninety five exit there, and f- there's a fucking blue car in front of us, and it- it's Richie. <laughs> and and we're driving. We get on the two ninety five, and then uh, Erica gets a message from Richie. I forgot my badge. I have to go home and get my badge. <laughs> I was so mad because it was after we passed Black Horse Pike. If it was before Black Horse Pike, I would have made the train that you guys took for sure. I would yeah. have made that train. But because it was after Black Horse Pike, I had to get off in whatever that area is. The next exit, uh, it's White Horse Pike, uh, if I remember correctly. Yeah, and but I had to get off at White Horse Pike, go all the way down Browning Road to get home to pick up my my badge to then get back on. So it added twenty minutes to my travel, having to drive back and then drive get back up there. And then by the time I actually got to Hamilton train station, I was like, "All right, I'm I'm only." 20 minutes, like, behind us. By the time this train will go, I'll be a half hour behind, because it's like a 10.05 train or whatever I was gonna hit, gonna make. That train is fucking 15 minutes delayed. Oh, that sucks. I didn't know that part. Yeah. Yeah, it, it showed up at, like, uh, like, 10.20 something. The next train was 10.27. But it was like, this is the 10.05 train to New York, and blah, blah, blah. And I considered not grabbing that train, and waiting until the next one. So, because it would have been less crowded. So I've actually done that before. Like, I've checked. Um, if you check the schedule, sometimes those, like, well, no, because they were probably on the same track. So it wouldn't have mattered. Never mind. Um, mm-hmm. Sometimes you'll get the train that's, like, the full local versus, like, the partial local. And the partial yeah. local is, like, 15 minutes faster. Mm-hmm. But odds are the other train was probably delayed, too. I'm, maybe. I don't really know. I don't I don't know why there was the delay. But, like, that train, we I felt like we were packed in, like, sardines. Uh, once we reached, like, Elizabeth, there were people standing for 45 minutes to get into New York. Yep, that's... It, I I was glad I got, I had a seat, but, like, it was so loaded. I'm like, I should have just checked to see the schedule to see if the 1027 train is on time or not. And if so, I should have just grabbed the 1027 train. And I would have been a lot more comfortable, just personally comfortable, not physically comfortable. And probably would have gotten a double-decker train instead of the shitty-ass fucking old-ass trains that I yeah. don't understand why they still have on these fucking tracks. I got so many of them this weekend. <clears throat> it was... I, I mean, I lucked out, and it was my train home on... on or our train home on Saturday, my train there on on Sunday were the old ones, and my train back was one of the new double-decker ones. So it wasn't as, like... it. I was still crowded in, but it wasn't as crowded. Yeah, and I only and had to... It was a little bit more comfortable. I only had to pay for, like, two train tickets all weekend. I... This is... This is actually kind of like a critique on New York Comic Con. I had tickets for Saturday and Sunday. The only reason I really went on Sunday is because they didn't punch my ticket for the train up. And so I had a free train ride up to New York. Yeah. Like, I was, I had done everything I needed to do at New York Comic Con in five hours because there wasn't really much to do. And since I couldn't get into the big panels because I already, because I missed the reservation, I couldn't go to the Winchester's panel or anything like that, so just I I ended up going just for lava and coming home. Which that's it. If it if that lava panel was anything like the one I saw before, like it's at least a fun time. It, it was. It was a good time, and I'm not disappointed about that. And I also got a chance to meet some friends that I met through streaming um, that were there as well. So like it, it was it was a redeemable day, but I ended up not even eating dinner 
on Sunday, or not even eating while up there. I left Jersey with three, uh, eating three hash browns from Wawa and some energy bars that I didn't feel comfortable eating at all throughout the entire day because I was so close to people. I didn't want to take my mask off. So I literally, they just sat there in my bag all day until like, maybe at one point as I was walking outside somewhere, or when I got to my car at Hamilton, I ate it. So from like eight o'clock in the morning till five in the afternoon, I had nothing to eat. So a panel I went to on Friday, like pretty much packed, like there weren't really any, any seats not taken. Guy two seats down from me at one point is sitting there, opens up his bag, pulls out a fucking peach. And just starts going to town on this fucking peach sitting in, it, in his seat. <laughs> Which is just the... Peaches are one of the grossest fucking fruits you can be near somebody eating. They're just they're so of, they're, wet and slimy. It is. Yeah. yeah. Peaches are one of the worst fruits to experience somebody else eating. Yes. They are one of the best fruits to eat. Because, by like, all means, you can't... Though. They're delicious. You can't eat a peach without slurping it because they're, they're, like, they're just so juicy, usually. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then he finishes that and he starts fucking eating, like diner packets of fucking saltine crackers like the the little two cracker packs they give you with like your soup at a diner Mm -hmm. he eats like four of them and he just keeps like opening them and then pushing the whole pack into his mouth i'm just sitting there like what the fuck dude (laughs) yeah and that was the other thing like well while i was watching lava i was like you know what i could probably open up i i had enough space around me that like i felt comfortable enough i'm like i could probably have one of these energy bars or whatever but i was like i didn't want to make noise I don't want to make noise while they were on, uh, doing their set and everything. So I was just like, no, nah, I'm not, I'm not that hungry. Um, um, and then on my way, as I decided to leave, it was, I think it was like three o'clock when I left the convention center and I look on the, uh, schedule for the train. And it's like the next train departs at 3.15. The next one after that is 3.52. Yeah. They're, they become like 40 minutes apart on weekends. Yeah. It really sucks. So I, basically booked it and like ba- i gave myself shin splints moving as fast as i was moving like my shins were killing me and burning by the time i got to the train station i didn't i was like i'm just they're uh, last call boarding on this train i need to get there so i just run to the train and i sit down and i'm like i don't want to pay that extra five bucks i download the train app create an account log in and buy my ticket on the app Nice. <laughs> to save the five bucks. And I was like, I got it. I'm good. I made it. It would have been funny, though, if they just awesome. didn't come around and check tickets. I, mm-hmm. I, I thought about it. I thought about it. Because also, you don't technically have to activate your ticket until they're coming to check them. So you could just buy the ticket and sit there and hold on to it until they come around to check it and then click activate. So I could have just bought it and held it. And then it just be sitting in my account until the next time I need it. If they didn't check it. But they did check it. Oh, they were yeah. they were they were on top of it on the way home. Yeah, our, we we took like a five o'clock train, um, which was very crowded. Um, so they did not come around on that train. Mm-hmm. So we have two return trips from New York to we can use later on. Um, nice. But like while it was crowded, like there's always cool stuff to see on the show floor if like you can actually get around it. Artist Alley was a bit of a bummer because it was so crowded and there were so many spots where giant lines were forming for people that you couldn't see tables. Um, mm-hmm. but like we stopped and talked to like the couple of people we know that were like at tables and like while they were exhausted, they, they, they all said that like they had really good weekends as far as like sales go. Um, mm-hmm. like, and like the one, the one guy, um, he, ha- he's actually with like the, the comic sketch something or other. Like it's basically an organization that like 
helps like get tables for like comic book creators um but like they also get like a portion of like the the money made so like Mm -hmm. the downside to working with like they take care of all the logistics for you and like set up your table and your booth and like do all your transactions for you so you don't have to worry about like square readers and all that shit um but they take a, a percentage of it so you generally have to like up your costs and they also like mandate like a signing fee so like that group in particular, it's five dollars for like uh, just a book to be signed, ten dollars if you're going to have it CGC graded, mm-hmm. which like really sucks. But um, yeah. But one of the guys we know, like he he like he works with them, and like his table is in like the run. He was he was in the same row as Stegman and Cates, but like on like the opposite end of it. Um, and he was saying that apparently his original spot was next to Mark Silvestri, and he fought it, and he's like, I refuse to to sit there no one is going to see my table like it's Mm -hmm. nothing against him but like there's going to be a big line and no one will see my stuff like this will have been a wasted weekend for me yeah and judging by that line he wasn't wrong i have no idea who was sitting within 15 tables of sylvestri yeah um there was some really cool art uh, from just like the non-professional artists down there as well. Yeah. It was a really cool spot to go and check actually, out. Most of them are professional artists. I but like I think there there are some that are just like people that like like cuz I know most of the art down there is like the the artists that do the comic art and things like that. Um so but there are there some are like indie artists, but like Yeah. I I'm not, I'm not trying to like attack you, but like they are still professional artists. Like and well, nine times yeah, out of ten, I mean, that I, is their job. They're not working on DC and Marvel books, but odds are, like, they're either doing commercial artwork somewhere, or they're doing their own indie stuff, or like working with Image or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't go to these things, so like, like the difference to you probably isn't that big. But like, they're they're still they're all professionals down there. Just that, yeah. just different degrees yeah. of like when, notoriety. Yeah, when I when I. What I meant by non-professional is, like, more indie and not, like, signed on with the comic companies. Yeah. Um, but, like, yeah, it was, that was a cool spot to check out. I, I bought, I bought a couple of, uh, Kaiju Glamour Shop prints from somebody. <laughs> um. They were cool. It's looking. just, they're, they're really cool. Um, I actually got his Patreon, and, like, if you put, like, $5 a month, you get to see his updates on his Glamour Shop Patreons, or his Kaiju Glamour Shots. It's really neat. Um, Erica bought a hoodie that is bigger than she is. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there was like a booth near like the back that was selling like pajamas and stuff like that, and they were also selling like those giant oversized hoodies. Um, yeah, and it had Totoro's all over it, and like she didn't want to buy it, and because like she was looking at them, she's like, "Oh, these are neat," but they were eighty dollars. And then she saw the Totoro one, and she's staring at it, and like she just kind of goes, "Son of a bitch," and like walks over and like hands them her credit card to buy it. Because <laughs> yeah. she did not want to buy an eighty dollars hoodie, but frankly, like it, it was worth eighty dollars. Like it's very large. It's like fleece on the inside. It's kind of heavy. Like it actually looks. It's like nice quality. And like when she puts it on, it it comes down to like the middle of her shins. Mm-hmm. So like it legitimately is like almost as tall as she is. Yeah, I um I I did make one purchase that I I don't regret, but I'm mad at myself for buying that and not something else. The gold instead. Shenron. No, I'm happy with the gold Shenron. I bought um one of the event exclusive um uh, Gundams that they had in one of the booths. Oh, like a like a Gunpla? No, no, it's just like it's it's a figure. It's an action figure Gundam, not a Gunplay like build model Gundam. Um, but 
I bought that after I had purchased. I went to go to the Viz Media booth to buy the 20th anniversary Blu-ray for Bleach. But they had sold out of that the day before, I guess, or earlier on in the day. But they still had the 20th anniversary manga. So I was like, alright, I'll just buy the manga. It's only 10 bucks, And this Gundam is $35. So I was like, alright, well, you know what? I didn't spend the 20 bucks. I only spent 10 so let's go get that Gundam. When there was a common Rider at that same booth that was also event exclusive, but that was 50 The only reason I didn't buy it the day before was because, oh, it's 50 bucks, and I want to get that Blu-ray. But I'm like, man, I should have just spent the extra money and got the common Rider instead of the Gundam. But Gundam's I cooler. Enjoy, I enjoy Common Rider more. Or no, it wasn't Common Rider. Why do I keep saying it's Common Rider? Ultraman. It was Ultraman. It was Ultraman. Um, I get those mixed up, because it's reasonable. It's not. Um, They're totally different. It, no, it's absolutely reasonable to get them confused. Um, but yeah, it's like I was like, I enjoy Ultraman more than I enjoy Gundam. I wanted the Ultraman, but that was 50 bucks, and so I didn't buy it initially because of how much it was. I'm like, Man, I should have just spent that extra 20 bucks and gotten the thing that I wanted and not something else that I kind of wanted but didn't fully want. I wanted that Kong statue or that Kong figure, but that was $90. And I was like, fuck that. I don't have that kind of money. Really, what you should have gotten was that $4,000 Hulk statue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I mean, that's that's on the list. Like, that's next time I see it. <laughs> it was a really next nice statue. <laughs> it was. Um, it was. Um, I will complain. The... I know I said I didn't go for Funko Pops, but the Funko booth, um, you could not get in at all unless you bought their ticket, and their ticket was $100. Or had the but reservation. It, you, well, no, like, the reser- you I don't even think you could get in with a reservation. Like, you needed to buy their ticket, which you got a bunch of Funkos with that ticket, but you needed to buy a ticket in order to go in and pick out what you wanted. So they you could definitely get in without the ticket? Um I saw people doing it because you could tell the people that had the big Funko bags were the ones that bought the tickets. Um, yeah. Like on Friday, especially, they, they had no line in the like mid-afternoon. So like the people that were standing at like the front side door were just like so, like people walked by and they're like, can we go in? They're just like, yeah, yeah, there's no one in here right now. Come in. And they were just stepping over the barricade and walking right in. Yeah, I, I stopped by a few times. They're like, nope, you can't get in. You have to buy the ticket. So they were probably uh, they probably had reservations that they were full out of. And they had such a big line that they weren't letting anyone else in. I At the times that I was trying to get, like, this was a Sunday before I left, so like three, before just before three, they were sold out of pretty much everything anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's... So, like, I, was, I went and watched their little, like, screen scroll by to see if there was anything worth trying to get into and get. Nothing that interests me or my buddies, so I was like, I'm, I don't even care. That's fair. I'm not gonna try. Um, I do, I, they did, like, open it up to the public on Friday at, like, five-ish, but we were already on our way out. Which, you know, that's, that, that's usually how that goes. I, cause I think I yeah. actually even saw one of the notifications that, like, it was open for the public on, like, Saturday evening after we left. I'm like, oh. Yeah. Well. That's what I meant, Saturday, no Friday. Oh, I thought it happened, I yeah. thought you said Sunday for some reason. Um, no, Saturday. So, the last thing, last thing I, I wanted to mention. Um, so Saturday I went to two panels. Um, one of them it was it was three authors. It was um, Brandon Sanderson, Terry Brooks, and Deanna Gabaldon. I think is how you say your last name. Um, she writes the um, the Outlander books. That's like also like a, a stars series, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And like they're talking at one point, and like the question that like got asked to them was something about like influences and like what got them into writing. And Sanderson says Terry Brooks because Terry Brooks has been 
a published author since like the mid seventies. Um, and like said some, said something like, like genuinely nice about, about his books. And like Terry Brooks like leans in and goes like, this is unrelated. But like hearing that, I just realized everybody I ever admired is dead. (laughs) (laughs) And it was just, it was such good timing. And it was just, it was so funny. Because, like, before that, he had been talking about, like, reading, um, cause, like, he, he wrote, like, he writes, like, fantasy. And so, when he was, like, growing up in, like, the 40s and 50s, like, they did, like, fantasy wasn't, like, big. Like, like, Tolkien was, like, it. So, like, he had read, like, a lot of sci-fi and a lot of westerns and a lot of, like, stuff of the time. Um, and, like, he had named a bunch of books from that time and, like, authors who are long dead at this point. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. so it was just, like, it was, like, this perfect, like, callback and timing to it. He, that guy was very funny. Like, like, yeah. Like, he, he leaned into, like, he was old and kind of out of touch with things, but, like, also, like, still on top of it. Um, mm. it, it was a good time. The, the yeah. Panel, like, Q&A panels like that, especially when it's not all audience Q&A, where it's like, it's like a spotlight on people and, like, there's a moderator asking the majority of the questions are usually fun. It's when it becomes, like, audience Q&A that it tends to get a little too right. generic. Um, I, I I always say my biggest waste of money was that first Baltimore Comic Con with Stanley because of that panel with Stanley where it was just Q and A and the whole time it was I grew up reading your comics yeah yeah no and that's that's like everyone gets up and says like the same thing and then asks some mm-hmm. question that's been asked a million times and yeah, it, yeah. at least in that panel when they did like the audience Q and A um the, like the moderator stipulated that. Um, they had to ask a question that could be answered by all three of them. So that mm-hmm. definitely cut back on people asking, like, or, or doing that, like, super, like, oh, like, your, your books mean a whole lot to me, like, stuff before it. Um, yeah, yeah. And even, like, directly after that one, Brandon Sander- Sanderson had, like, a spotlight panel where, like, he did, like, an hour Q&A, and it was yeah. just audience Q&A. And, like, everyone there generally, like, like they had legitimate questions either, like, about writing or about like something in universe of the books. Um, and he had like stipulations up front. He's like, don't say spoilers. Like just because this, it's a spotlight panel for me. doesn't mean that everybody here has read every one of my books. Um, and he's like, and if you ask a question that I can't answer because of spoilers, you base, um, are you, are you guys familiar with the Marvel? No prize? No, no. Right. So real quick tangent. Um, back in like the seventies, I guess it was, um, people would write in like like the letter page at the back of a comic, and they would write in with like things that they 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 caught that were mistakes, like either like generally not typos, but like them saying that like two characters had never met, but they had actually appeared together in like a different series. Um, mm-hmm. and what um it was when Stan Lee was editor in chief, um he started giving the Marvel no prize, which was like you don't really get anything for catching it, but like you're getting recognition in the back of the letters page by them publishing your letter. And I think back in the day, they actually used to send a little card out that said no prize on it. Okay. Um, so Sanderson basically does that. Um, he has cards that um, I f- it's um, read and find out. So it's basically if somebody asks a question, he cannot answer it because of that. He sends them to the back of the room and they get like a nice like printed card that says that on it. <laughs> That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So like one person came up and asked like a very like. Like, wasn't, like, an overly detailed question, but, like, was semi-complex. And he stopped for a second. He's like, I usually just tell people that, like, that's a good question, but, like, I can't answer it. And the guy's like, is that a read and find out? And he's like, it is. And the guy that asked the question got so excited and, like, ran back to get his card. 
<laughs> you know, <laughs> I'd be excited about that too. Yeah, he, I would be. He excited was the about first that. and only one, and it was like yeah. near the end of the Q and A, and like, yeah, he was very excited. Nice. Um, I uh, we mentioned it a few times. I went and watched uh, Lava, which Drew, have you seen Lava? I've before? never even heard of it. It's loud, okay. annoying, and very annoying is what it stands for. Yeah, it's it, it it can and probably at one point also did stand for live action voice actors, um, because they're all it's three voice actors that are fu- uh longtime friends and they're funny and they do like a um uh improv comedy set. Um, True. Have you watched any on- of this season of Critical Role with Sarah? No, I, I don't even know if she's really been watching Critical Role. Okay, I thought she had watched this season for some reason. I forget. She uh, I maybe she might be watching it still. I know she's been watching a lot of Dimension 20, but I don't know how, how up on critical role she's been. All right, never mind then. Um, but it's it is a a uh improv comedy show. I I could have swore they had it at PAX last year on Plug. No, because those guys don't really do PAX. Um I I've seen Lava before. I know that. So they I, They've probably been at MAGFest before, because they all do voice acting in video games, too. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I could have swore I, they were at PAX last year, but um, it was it was a good time. I, I It is very based on the crowd, whether or not it's going to be a great show. Uh, our crowd was kind of a little not that great, in my opinion. Um they they wanted so they played the the game they started off with the the, the skit they started off with was uh, you're late for your panel where they have to try to figure out who they are based on cues from the other two uh, on suggestions from the audience. I and saw them do that one. Most a lot of pe- there was at least once per like uh, uh, audience grab there was Queen Elizabeth or like somebody else that's dead recently or fairly recently. Um... And it was just like, I, I like. I think what happened was they got a great reaction from Robbie the first time they said Queen Elizabeth because they were like Queen Elizabeth, and he's like, no, she's too busy rotting in hell with her other friends or some shit like that. That it was just like, oh, that's a great one. So now we just got to keep pushing for Queen Elizabeth. And it was just like some of the some of the suggestions were just like, this is this is a little much. Like like the crowd wasn't working with them. But for the, for the most part, overall, it was a really, it was a really good time. I, I enjoyed it. Loud, loud, annoying, very annoying. And they, they do stream on Twitch on Thursdays. Wednesdays or Thursdays. I think it's Thursdays. But honestly, Thursdays, a lot of the big people stream. So I wouldn't be surprised if it was Thursdays. Yeah. I, when I saw that, I think I saw them at Anime NYC last year and they did mm-hmm. like a dating game. Yeah. They did skit. the dating game. Um, and, and, and I forget all of the people that they had up there. But they had one couple that, like, the guy was dressed like, um, like, uh, Gogeta, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say his girlfriend may have been dressed like Bulma or something like that. Um, and then they had these other two girls that requested to actually, um, role play as two characters from, like, an anime. <laughs> so they were not okay. themselves. They were actually role playing as characters from, like, a show they liked. Um, okay. And, like, they really leaned into, like, their characters. It was very funny. Mm-hmm. We, they, they had, uh, one, the, one of the couples they had up there, um, <laughs> it was, uh, the, the, the girlfriend didn't have, like, any nerd knowledge. And so Robbie's like, is she a normie? And he's like, yeah, she is. He's like, all right, we'll work with you. We'll figure it out. And, and 
It was like, we'll get multiple answers for you that should work. This way, if she can't find the nerdiness, she she can at least answer her way. And it was, yeah, that was that was a fun little segment they did. Yeah, like it. You're right though. Like with with the wrong crowd, it doesn't necessarily work. But like they at least really try, and like mm-hmm. they try to have a good time with everybody. Yeah. Um. But do you guys want to move on and talk about Midsummer? Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's sure. move on. Let's 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 talk about Midsummer. So um. So yeah. yeah. So this week, uh, for book club, we watched. The 2019 folk horror film *Midsummer*. Um, was it horror though? It is listed as folk horror online. Yeah, apparently I wasn't scared at all. No, so I I I read into I read about it a little bit. So the director of this um is the same guy that directed um *Hereditary*, which also mm-hmm. considered a horror movie, but not really all that scary. Just kind of creepy at the end. And this one has a similar like creepy vibe as like throughout the whole movie. Like, it's not scary, it's just, like, there's something wrong with these people, and it's creepy. Uh-huh. Um. I, I, at most, I would, like, I, I get what you're saying, and this might be a little nitpicky, but at most, I would say uncomfortable and less creepy. Well, creepy, and like, I, I'm I'm thinking creepy and uncomfortable as, like, synonyms to each other. Like, I'm not scared of them, they're just creeps. Like. Yeah. I, I'll be 100% honest, I didn't like this movie at all. Me either. No, this expect- movie was... I was I was like halfway through it. I'm like, these guys are not enjoying this. No, nothing happened. <laughs> it it was it was an incredibly slow burn, like unexpectedly slow. Two and a half hours. It, yeah, it's way fucking too long. Oh yeah, no, I didn't realize it. How, I didn't look at how long it was until I started it. I'm like, this is much longer than I thought it was going to be. Like like I'm all for a long movie. I I love a long movie. But, like, there has to be stuff that happens. And this movie, like, uh, yeah, when I say nothing, stuff obviously happens. Otherwise, it wouldn't be a movie. But, like, literally, you get weirdness in the first ten minutes with her whole family dynamic. And um, I, I'm going to complain. The audio, it might just be my TV, though. But the audio syncing for this movie was so bad. At, at some points, it'd just be super quiet, and then she'd start to cry, and it blew my eardrums out. I, ne- and I never was, had that trouble. It, like, I had times where it was either way too loud, or just loud enough, and, like, I had to adjust the volume multiple times throughout the movie, because it was just way too loud sometimes. Did you have any trouble with your volume, um, Drew? Not that I remember. Yes, yeah, sir, Rich, it's probably just when, your TV. It's probably just my TV, but, like, when she, at the beginning of the movie, when, like, you find out what happened to her family and like he gets to her and she starts crying that like knocked me off my couch it was so fucking loud and like i wasn't listening to it very loud the whole rest of the movie wasn't loud until she starts scream crying and it just like and there were a few other instances where like audio just didn't didn't work right it, probably my tv i know but like still there there were times that it's just like yeah i I, don't know. I had zero audio issues at all um, like, I thought some of the visual stuff was cool when, especially when they were, like, doing the, the drugs and whatnot, like, you, the, the screen would actually be moving and, like, well, not the screen, but, like, the background and stuff would be waving and yeah. moving around. The, and... the scene where, the, when they first get to, to the place and they all take shrooms or whatever it was, and it, mm. and she thinks the grass is growing out of her hand, I thought that yeah. looked really good. I thought later on in the movie when she thought it was growing out of her feet looked very fake. Like it almost looks like thought, she was wearing socks that just had grass on them. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I thought the hand looked bad. I really thought the hand looked really bad. 
Um, but like the just the effects of like during the whole May May uh May Queen ceremony and stuff, where like you could see everything around like pulsing in different oh yeah. areas of it. Like it was cool. Some of these effects and some of the things they did were cool. But just two and a half hours of nothing. Yeah. See, I enjoyed it. Um, I will say that like when like reading up about it a little bit, it apparently was originally supposed to be like a slasher movie. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was expecting. And it's it's Ari Aster is the director. Um, mm-hmm. apparently, like like he just he didn't write it, but he, like or maybe he like he may have like rewritten it or something like that. I don't exactly know that for sure. But um, yeah, so. Like, it was originally, like, pitched as, like, a slasher movie, and then turned into, like, this weird kind of, like, psychological... It was more, like, psychological thriller than than mm-hmm. horror movie in a lot of ways. Um, Because there was just always that sense of, like, something is going to happen, but it just... It never does until, like, the very end of the movie. I, I mean, I... If you go into it knowing absolutely nothing, I completely disagree that there was a feeling of something is going to happen until the last, like, eight minutes of the movie. Like, when, or maybe a little longer than that, but till the one friend disappears, like, the first hour of the movie, it's like, is anything going to happen? I don't know, like... waiting for something to happen? It it was... But until, what, Simon was the guy's name, right? Like... I... I get what you're saying, but I would say a little bit sooner than that. Once the people jumped off the ledge, that's when you're like, all right, stuff's going to happen. Well, that was the scene before that. (laughs) I know, I know. But I'm just like, that's an hour in, and you still have an hour and a half left of the movie. See, I don't know. I was getting, like, vibes of, like, these people are creepy, basically right from the minute they got to the the field that they were in. (laughs) But, But is that because we knew it was a horror movie? Like, I mean, what like, I'm it, saying is, if you go in uh, not even expecting a horror movie, like, I don't know that anything gives off any vibe of anything is going to happen until the scene where the two elders jump off the cliff. Like, I don't know, just the vibe from some of the, the people in that village just seemed off, I think is also I mean, the thing. but that's... That- that's the point, though, is because it's a cultural difference. Yeah. That's what they were trying to push, is, like, these people seem a little different. Well, they are, because if you go to to, to Lancaster, Pennsylvania, they're off. They're Like, not that they're off. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Amish people or anything like that, but, like, it sounds they're like different. <laughs> it's, it's a different way of life. Those people in Midsommar are basically the equivalent of the Amish people in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, to us. No, like, and they, it's... they definitely came off more cultish than yeah. the Amish do. And I yeah. think that was the thing I was getting. Like, I was getting, like, real heavy cult vibes from everybody. So, like, I just... Because I didn't know going in it's if it, if it was, like, one person was, like, like, a monster, basically. Or if it was, like, the whole place. And, like, I just immediately and... started getting, like, oh, this whole place is, like, a giant cult. And something... There's gonna be something weird. And they they certainly did try to put you through the ringer of trying to figure out what is gonna happen and what's going on. They really tried to make it seem like at one point the deformed person was going to be the bad guy, essentially. Like, they they, they only showed them a handful of times, but when they showed them, they kind of tried to make it seem as if something's nefarious with that person. Um, but overall, like, 
they, I, I didn't, I, 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 like I said, I got a level of discomfort when it came to the people, but mostly because I was looking at it in a similar sense to the main characters in an anthropological point of this is a different culture, so it's going to be weird to me. Yeah, like, which I mean, that's I, fair. I'm, I'm, like I, I didn't get culty feels, not at least until they fucking jumped off the fucking ledge. Um, yeah, I just so so some of the like the things they said even before that, and like some of the stuff they showed just felt very culty. Like, oh, it felt less like this is a different like country and more like these people are like their own special brand of crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like but, honestly, I yeah. thought that the um the friend that was from there, I honestly thought that he was just going to be like the villain at the end, just slowly killing everybody. Um. And like, didn't like before they got to the place because he just kind of seemed creepy at the at the apartment. Um, and I thought it was all going to be like something to, like to get um the girl, but and then it turned out to not really be that per se. I mean, it, it was though. It was but very n- suspicious, and it, it was no, it was it, 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 it. What he did to like he made sure because they kind of explained it at the end, if I'm understanding correctly. The reason he didn't have to sacrifice himself at the end was because she won the May the, the May uh the May festival. She was the May queen. Well, and he brought four uh, like four sacrifices basically. Well, he brought four sacrifices and she won May queen, so he didn't have to be one of any of the sacrifices. But they had to do x amount from their own land and x amount from outside and it, it's just like so I didn't get, I didn't get that he would have had to been a sacrifice. Because they said that you will be rewarded, which I took that as yeah. to mean like he would get like he would have some sort of privileged place that year for being the person that both brought them that year's May Queen and brought them for outside sacrifices. Mm-hmm. I, and also the reward he's he's gonna marry her, obviously. Like I got that the entire time he wanted to hook up with the main character. I mean, yeah, I mean like, mm-hmm. he wanted her. Yeah, like, that's why he, like, he, he, he kept, like, very subtly trying to, like, and, like, not subtly, but, like, you could tell he thought he was being subtle, mm-hmm. like, trying to get close to her and stuff like that. But, like, he also hid that very well by, like, on her birthday, giving her the gift, but then going to the boyfriend being like, hey, it's her birthday, don't forget. Um, but then that, like, at the same time, that also still makes the boyfriend look like an asshole, mm-hmm. because, like, the only person that acknowledged her birthday was that guy, and now all of a sudden, like, he remembers. Mm-hmm. And, like, his excuse yeah. was bad. I thought your birthday was yesterday. I'm like, bitch, if you knew her birthday was yesterday, why don't you wish her a happy birthday? All right. <laughs> like, you should have said, I thought your I birthday mean, was tomorrow. A hundred percent. Like, I think this is also part of the reason why I don't really care a lot about the movie was the main cast, with the exception of... That's Florence Pugh, right? Yeah. yeah. Was Apparently. It? Yeah, the main cast, <laughs> with, the exception, with the exception of Florence Pugh... We're all shitty fucking people. And I don't fucking care about any of them. I don't necessarily agree with the, that. The main... The boyfriend sucked. The boyfriend sucked. The, um... The, the, the Swedish the, friend turned out, obviously, to be a psychopath. The And then the, the other white dude sucked. But the other guy... Chidi... Chidi was also kind of a shitty person. No, Chidi, because he, Chidi was very much just Chidi and only cared about knowledge and not about anything else. Yeah. But, like... It's not, like, so he didn't necessarily, like, the the worst thing he did was trying to take a picture of that book without anyone knowing. They, they, they all gave me, like, 
bad vibes from the get go. Like in the in the whole instance when they were at out to dinner. Well, at the very why do you think Chidi ended up in the bad place? I, exactly, exactly. Um, but like they they all gave me bad vibes from the very beginning, and like I was like these people are just not. Uh, not they're not bad. They're not they're not it's always sunny in Philadelphia main cast bad. No, but they're but, supposed to be like twenty something, so like they're like self centered and only care about themselves. They're, they're friends they're friends shitty characters. Like they're friends shitty people. And not, it's always sunny shitty people. But I think the difference is like um, they're still college students, so it's almost like yeah, you're gonna be shitty until you get into the real world, whereas like friends they just they were adults and shitty. They they were adults. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's just like I the way they were react like Hundred percent. He should have broken up with her. I, I, like, yeah, you uh-huh. can't break up with someone whose whose parents died. But they should have been broken up a lot sooner than that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, but like, like he, he was like, trying to be nice by like, and like he was going about it in a wrong way. But you could tell like he was just trying to not make her life worse. Mm-hmm. And like, but was getting um um like bitter because of all the things that he was like offering to give up. Right. Yeah. So it's like it was just bad for everybody, but. It's not like her parents just died. Like her, con- her sister committed fucking murder suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was. It, it's after that. It's hard to obviously. It's hard to leave somebody when something like that happens, and you want to stick with them to make sure they're okay and whatnot. But like they were like, "Oh, dude, you've been dealing with it. You've you've been on the fence and wanting to leave her for a year." And like you know, it's kind of you kind of should have done that like six months ago. And just the fact that he just didn't care about anything just made me like, yeah, I don't care about this guy. I hope he dies. Mm-hmm. And the 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 um the Joker, I was like, yeah, I hope he dies. That wasn't um, the Joker. I could have. That wasn't. Yeah, that's Will no, that Poulter. wasn't. That's good. That's Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy three. I, I thought that was from uh from Gotham. No, that's I I know who you're thinking of, and I'm drawing a blank on his name. He, but no, that's um. Do you, do you know the movie The Millers with um Jason Sudeikis? Yeah, yeah. That's that's the yeah. kid that he like convinces to go on the the trip to pick up drugs with him. Yeah, yeah. But like you, you can see how I can mistake them. They look very similar to each other. They they do have a very um, similar like facial structure. Yeah, and he's like, got I villain just, eyebrows. Like, he does. And I'm just like I'm like this guy. I just don't like at all. Like he just sucks. Dude, he was super American when he peed on the tree of dead people. And then said, yeah. "I just had to pee. I didn't know. It's just a de- it's a dead tree." Yeah, and it's just like I, I like not caring about the characters for a movie this long, and nothing much really happened. Like I, I, I like the concept of Chidi's character. I don't remember the actor's name. I don't remember his character's name, but we all know he's Chidi from The Good Place. Um, his character um, was Josh. Josh. Like I like the idea of like, oh, he's going for. Like, his studies. He's going to study and research other cultures. Like, alright, that's cool. That's an interesting take on it. But, like, then he just turns out to be, like, the guy who doesn't respect tradition and doesn't respect boundaries. And then it's like, well, yeah. fuck you too, dude. Fuck you. You're, you're, you're now... The, the, the instance that he, he turned on, uh, the lead dude and was like, oh, you knew this was my report and now you're doing it too. You're stealing from me. And instead of, like, Let's figure this out. I was like, all right, Chidi, you're a shitty dude. Like, the the boyfriend's already a shitty dude, but Chidi, you're a shitty dude now, too. And then he disrespects boundaries and then gets killed for it. It's just, yeah, none of these people were redeemable that, like, made me really lose interest in caring what happened. Yeah, yeah, I get that. And, like, I don't think this was a great movie. Um, I liked it 
I didn't like it as much as Hereditary. Like, Hereditary was actually, like, just had a vibe to the whole thing. Um, was also a very slow burn, and I think that's why I kind of expected it, knowing that it was, like, the same director. Um, but it, like, it, it was not the best horror movie I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but that said, what's next on this outline? Oh, Hellraiser. Um, I'll keep this kind of short, cause it's, it's just a Hellraiser movie, really. Um, so Netflix, or Netflix, Hulu just released their new version of Hellraiser. It's, I, it's basically a reboot, cause it doesn't seem like anything from before, um, happened in this. Um, do you guys know anything about Hel- the Hellraiser movies? Nope. Not really, no. So, it, Hellraiser's is a movie with Pinhead, in case <laughs> you didn't know that. And it's basically in the movie, there's like this puzzle box. When it gets solved, um, these extra dimensional beings show up and they murder people in very violent ways. Um, they are sadomasochists. They actually do not understand the difference between pain and pleasure. So the whole concept behind the puzzle box is people seek it out and solve it thinking that they will get either like a wish or all of their desires fulfilled or like something like that. Like in the very first movie, it was like this douchebag who just wanted to like find new pleasures because he had like done everything that he could conceivably do in our world. And then he literally gets the the flesh like ripped from his body. Um, mm-hmm. This one, similar idea like with like the extra dimensional beings, but it's um it's a girl um gets convinced by her boyfriend to like s- try and rob this place and ends up finding the puzzle box there and like unintentionally um solves a portion of it and it ends up um the way that it fully unlocks is every time you solve like a section of it a blade pops out of it and it's it it, generally the way you're holding it it cuts you and that is what summons the 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 cenobites i think that's how you say it to like basically come hunt you down and kill you um only her brother finds her passed out outside and it hadn't cut her and he picks it up and it ends up cutting him and so then like they take and kill him so like the rest of the movie is her trying to like basically figure out what the deal is with the puzzle box while like other people are sem- like dying throughout it because they keep getting stabbed by the puzzle box <laughs> um mm-hmm. it was interesting like i liked it a- i liked it as much as i liked the original and i'd say like the original is like a solid like three horror movie it's it's definitely one of those movies where if you didn't see it like back in like the 90s or like late 80s like basically when you were a kid i don't think it necessarily has the same like scary vibes to it because it's not really a scary movie it is very much just like a gross creepy movie but like the cenobites are like legitimately like scary looking if you're like a child because they all look like they all look like the epitome of like like bondage bondage theme like with like the leather and stuff like that but then they have like their skin flayed open and peeled back and like pinned to the sides of their heads and like other weird shit like that um, that's kind of why Pinhead has all of the fucking nails in his face. Um, which okay. they did. They, <laughs> this actually makes much more sense. So in the original movies, he, like he was never called Pinhead in the original stuff by Clive Barker. That was kind of like the name he was given by like the media and fans that the movies started using with like some of the sequels. Okay. In this new one, I also don't think they ever refer to them as Pinhead, but. They replace the nails, because in the old movies, they're very obviously, like, flathead nails with actual, like, p- like sewing pins. Like, the like the long, like, pins that would go in, like, a pin cushion that have, like, the little white balls on the end. 
So, like, that character is actually a pinhead now. <laughs> it's a, it's also a woman for the first time. Um, most of the, most of the movies had the same person playing pinhead up until, like, 2007 or 8, I think. So, like, almost 20 years, which, you know, that's, that's up there with, uh, Robert England. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it was interesting. It's definitely, it's not scary, but if, if, like, you like, like, the monster, like, gory movies, it's worth watching, and it's relatively short. I think it was only, like, an hour and a half. And it's on Hulu. Like, it's a Hulu production. Nice. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I've seen people talk about that. It's, I've never really cared for a lot of that old school monster stuff, but I've never really watched it either. Yeah, so, I mean, this is, like I said, it's definitely a different take on that monster. Like, mm-hmm. on that whole movie. And it just keeps, like, the themes. Like, I think one one of the biggest sort of complaints that, like, Erica had while we were watching it, in the original, all of the Cenobites, they look like, they look like some sort of just, like, um, mangled human, essentially. In this new mm-hmm. one, they all look way more alien. Because, um, like, in, in the original, like, they all wear, like, leather clothing, basically. And just have more of a human look to them. In this one, like, other than Pinhead, most of them are naked, but it's not like, like, you see anything. Like, they're all just, like, these, like, thin, shiny, like, alien forms with, like, different, like, things done to them. Like, either they're completely bound together by string, or, like, their their faces sewed shut, like, down the middle, or they have rods and hoops and stuff stuck all through them. And, like, it's a, it's a weird and creepy aesthetic, but it just, I think it takes a little something away from, like, the overall vibe. But that might just be me. I did enjoy it mm-hmm. though. It, it it was it was a decent movie. So, Rich, nice. Glad you enjoyed it. Me too. Uh, but how was Werewolf by Night? Werewolf by Night is interesting. It's um, it's only about fifty five minutes long. Um, and it's uh, yeah. I I can't really say much without spoiling it because like, do you do you oh, know who wait. the main character wait. is or anything? Hang on, roll back. I fucked up. Um, what's the next book club? Um, see, I was trying to figure that out while you were talking about Hellraiser. Uh, and I'm trying to figure out if I want to stick with, um, Spoopy, since it's still going to be Halloween when, uh, when we, when we watch the next one. Or if I want to go something maybe slightly more timely, but, um, what did I see? There, there's, there was a movie that I had in mind that I can't remember what it's called. And do you remember how this guy told us like a few weeks ago he has a list and he always has something ready? Uh-huh. And now no, he I do have like, a I had this thing in my mind and now I forget what I had in my mind. No, I do have a list of movies. Um but I it's this movie that I have on my mind it's not on that list. Uh it was brought up to me a couple days ago. I thought I had it on the list but I didn't didn't actually. This was actually brought up to me like a few months ago. To watch, um, it's got. Is it? I think it's. Is it Denzel Washington? Uh, Demons, maybe. Hold on, let me just look it up and see if I can. Is, is that it? I don't think that's it. <laughs> Hold on. This guy. It is it. Oh well, I I didn't think that was it. Um, let's see. Is it available to watch? Uh, I mean, it's a, another Stars subscription movie. So we've already used up all that, haven't we? Uh, I don't, uh... Unless you guys want to make a new, uh, email. Stars or Showtime? Stars. Oh, yeah, I definitely don't have a Stars thing. Hey, you can also rent it on, on, on Prime Video and whatnot. Um, alright, so that's not, that's not available, uh, feasibly. So give me, 
you know what? Where, what? What is it? What is it called? What is it called? Horror. Yeah, just saw in 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 Netflix. Um, do we want to do scary stories to tell in the dark? Twenty nineteen. I've actually seen that. Um. Then do we want to do Tremors, Shrieker Island? It's from twenty twenty. Is that a, is it a Tremors sequel? It's a Tremors movie. Does it have Kevin Bacon? Probably not. Uh, Michael Gross, John Hader, Caroline, I don't know, Cassie Clare, Michael Douglas. No, it does not have Kevin Bacon. True, you have Peacock, don't you? Yeah. Um, the original Tremors appears to be on Peacock. I mean, I'm always down to watch the original Tremors. Just thought doesn't I'd throw even that out there. To. I mean, I watched ha- it, like, a year or two ago. Okay, that that's around how long it's been since I saw um, Scary Story Tell in the Dark. It was, like, last Halloween, I think, we watched it. But so I'm actually looking at, at screen caps for this. I don't think I've ever seen the first Tremors. You've never seen the first Tremors? I don't think so. What, bro? I have, all right. That's I have it. seen that's it. I don't care. I have seen sequels. I don't think I've ever seen this one. I don't care, man. We're watching Tremors. We're watching Tremors. They're just if you've never seen it, we're watching it. That's like one of the greatest movies of all time. Yeah, I'm not sure how I never saw the original. Because it was either going to be a horror movie, or we were going to watch the Bleach live-action adaptation movie that came out a while back. In 2018? Yeah, I would definitely rather watch Tremors. The Bleach live-action one is good, actually, so... Is it dubbed? Uh, it's probably dubbed. It's on Netflix. I mean, that doesn't make it much better. Like, live-action dubbing is always bad. Man, how am I not signed into Netflix on this computer? What the fuck, Netflix? <laughs> Fine, I'll just pull up my phone. But yeah, I'm down to watch Tremors because, like, I I apparently have never seen it, and I feel like a fucking asshole. Yeah, you are. We're watching Tremors. All right, we're watching the original Tremors on. What'd you say, Peacock? Yeah, it is on Peacock. Yeah, I mean that's. I I I I, wa- I would watch that just to watch it every day. <laughs> I was also gonna do the movie Cargo, but I know you guys aren't really down for the zombies, but it's not super zombie. Um, but that's a good movie. But I watched it a few years ago, so. Yeah, like zombie stuff is just generally not good. I think this 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 is a different take. Uh, Cargo is a movie about uh, a gentleman who's I guess on vacation with his uh, uh, family and his son in like Africa when the outbreak happens, um, or after the outbreak happens after a while, and um, he gets bit, but he has like X amount like two days to get his son to safety. And he's out in the middle of nowhere, and so he spends the time, like, traveling with his son on his back, the cargo on his back, trying to find a tribe and whatnot to take care of his, his son. It's a really good movie. It honestly um, sounds a very average zombie movie. It's, it's not, it's, it's not, it, it's, it's not, like, it doesn't lean on the zombies. Like, it's okay. not like, uh, it doesn't lean on, like, there's, it's, zombies are a part of the world. It's, Similar to, like, Walking Dead first few seasons, it's like, zombies are a part of the world, but it doesn't lean on the zombies. It's just, that is just a part of the world that is there as well. Yeah, I think The Walking Dead just completely destroyed any interest I had in zombie fiction. Yeah, I can get that. Like, because, like, I used to like, like, like the old school stuff, like Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, even, even like, the 2004 remake of Dawn of the Dead I thought was, was fine. But, like, after however many years of Walking Dead have just permeated pop culture, it's like, I don't ever want to watch another zombie thing if I don't have to. Because, mm-hmm. like, there are very few instances where, like, they are legitimately different. Yeah. Um. But, okay. So, Tremors in two weeks on 
the 27th will be the, the, the day that goes live. So, yeah, that'll be yeah. right before Halloween. Yeah, that's why I was trying to figure out something spooky. Um, But anyway, back to anyway. Uh, Werewolf by Night. So, it's it's really hard for me to talk about Werewolf by Night without spoiling pretty much the entire thing. Um, Because I'll just ask, Cobb, do you know who the main focal point of Werewolf by Night is about? Is it about the Werewolf by Night? I mean, there is a werewolf in it. What, but, is it Jack like, Russell? Huh? Is it Jack Russell? I don't... I know Elsa Bloodstone is in it. I don't know if it's the Jack Russell werewolf by night, or if it's somebody else. I mean, I I, I can't remember the, the, the werewolf character's name, but, like, Elsa... That's the thing, though. It is... It's... The main focal point is Elsa Bloodstone. It is an Elsa feature. Okay. Is what it is. It is about the Bloodstone family. Yeah, I... So, like, I haven't really read a lot of, um... Werewolf, werewolf by Night stuff, like... That character is not used a whole lot anymore. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But, like, Elsa Bloodstone pops up, like, from here here and there. Like, yeah. she is a monster hunter similar to Blade, but also has, like, magic and doesn't just hunt vampires. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, this, this it's, it is, the the theme of the movie is, or, um, or not the theme, but, like, the main idea of the, the feature is that uh, Elsa's father has died. And so they're trying to figure out who's going to take over the Bloodstone. Um, which is her family right, but she doesn't get it because she left the family and now she wants it back. And then stuff happens. And I like, I can't really talk too much about it because it's only 55 minutes. Like anything I say about it can technically be a spoiler. Which is honestly kind of cool that like they kept it as like confined as that. Yeah. But like, it was good. You enjoyed it. It it was, it was very good. I enjoyed it. There was a lot, there was a lot of practical in it, which was awesome. Did they leave it open? You think for more? Oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. There's gonna be more. Like this was this was really like a setup for Elsa. It was really a setup for her. It was a character introduction. Is she gonna let it go? Um, uh-huh. uh, maybe she might. Uh, actually, no. She well, she might. She might. She will. Uh, turn around and slam that door for sure. But she she might not let. It. She might let it go. She might. All right, I'll allow. Um, but it's just it it doesn't have a lot of like. It doesn't connect a lot to the MCU at the moment. Like it's it's very self-contained. Um, like like I said, there was a lot of practical, which was really cool. They didn't lean too heavy on like the digital effects. It was a lot of special effects, and it it, it was like the filming was awesome. The old school style, the black and white, um, with with the occasional hint of color here or there. Like if you see the bloodstone, that's in red. Um, one of the characters has like gold markings on them, and so you can see the gold stuff like that. And it's just like it, it's like a cool setup story and introduction to Elsa, as well as I guess the werewolf. Um, and like I'm sure she she'll probably be in a future. Maybe she'll be in Blade. Maybe. Um, maybe the werewolf and stuff. Well, I I who knows? I know. But Bl- Blade has been shelved temporarily. Has it? Well, yeah, they they were having like director issues and shit, weren't they? Well, they lost the director, so they have shut down production. Yeah, I, obviously because there's no one to fucking direct it. But yeah, yeah, it was it was starting pre production, and they and like cast and crew were like starting to set up in Atlanta, and now they have shut that shit down while they try to find a new director and fix apparently what is a not good script. Oh boy. Yeah, but I am interested to watch this werewolf by night. 
I yeah, it's... I was going to last night, um, but got done um, midsummer later than I expected. Uh huh. I I watched I watched them both on Sunday because I was like I I sat down and I watched Midsummer and I was like it was it was probably like six when I sat down to watch Midsummer and I got done that and I'm just like I need I need something good <laughs> or at least something not as weird as this movie was um and so I I was like let's let's check out Werewolf by Night for sure and I watched that and it was just it's such a cool fun watch uh. Like, I highly recommend. Well, that's good. Yeah. It's always good. Um, I guess, is there anything else either you guys want to talk about? No. No, I haven't really done much new. I mean, besides, I mean, I I made it through Resident Evil 2 last night. But uh, so I did. You did that like a year ago. But yeah, like two years ago. Um, it was like six months. Whatever it was. It was. But like, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't, it, really it was literally yesterday. Literally and figuratively. Literally was yesterday. Um, but like, yeah, we, I'm, I'm putting together my list of best to worst Resident Evil. Uh, Is so this like going to be like your Mega Man list though. where you're like, this one was really good and all the rest were all the same? No, because the, since I'm doing like the remakes and stuff, they're, they're not all the same. I'm just, but, I'm like, just fucking with you. But I mean, it is like, that is a legit question. Like, it, like, I, I will 100% say, like, I did kind of, like, cheat on that list, but at the same time, I didn't, because they really were all just the same. Nope. Two and three are the best. Everything uh, else is garbage. I mean, I I would I would not 100% agree with that, but also, you haven't played 11. Okay, you know what? Yes, I have not 10. played 11. 11 could sit someplace else. I don't know that. Or, or, or 9. Did you play 9 and 10? Yes, they are over a decade old. Played both of them. Just saying. Oh, I honestly, in my opinion, eleven. But that's also it's the newer game, so it has the better mechanics and the better engines. Yeah, and it's, it's like two so and a half D, and like it looks neat. Yeah. Um. Look, even a bad but, Mega Man game is still an okay Mega Man game. I don't know. We're talking Mega Man One here. It's good up until the end. Mega Man One. Mega Man One. I said this a million times. I'm surprised they made a franchise out of it. I mean, that could be after. That like, could be said about a lot of firsts in anything, especially in that era. Yeah. But, like, it was really easy to pump those games out. Like, they were probably halfway done Mega Man 2 before Mega Man 1 was even released. I mean, I'm I'm also being very critical with Resident Evil. Like, one of my notes for Resident Evil 1 was it lives on in in nostalgia. Like, it is it it is a classic, which is both a good and bad thing about it. Because it is such a... It was such a good classic, but it just it did not age well. So it's not going to be high up on the list, even with the HD remasters of Resident Evil 1. It's not going to be high up on the list. Yeah, and I think there there's also something to be said for that. Like Resident Evil One has not really been updated since 2002, which was mm-hmm. only a couple of years after it originally released. So like, it's still a 20 year old game with 20 year old game mechanics built around a plot. Because like, it was a GameCube remake too. So like, while it's been ported and like made to work on modern like control schemes. It was still built around the GameCube controller. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, while people yeah, love that thing for Smash Brothers, that's a garbage fucking controller for basically everything else. Um, but it's, like, I, right now, my list goes Resident Evil 0 is last place. Resident Evil 1 is middle. Is that just because you're Resident bad Evil, at it, though? Bad at what? Resident Evil 0? Yeah. No, Resident Evil 0 just, in general, wasn't good. When did that even come it, out? That was GameCube. That came out just before the remake of Resident Evil 1. Okay, so it's another... Or around it, it's, the time of the remake. Okay, so it's another it's, 20-year-old game that hasn't really had, like, a good update the way 2 and 3 have. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Um, but two, two is my number one right now, but it's like, I even loved two back in the day. Like when I played it the original, like it was my favorite. It was my intro into Resident Evil. I mean, so. isn't Resident Evil two generally like the Assassin's Creed Brotherhood? Like it's the one that everyone kind of thinks of when they think of Res- Resident Evil two and four is yeah. generally yeah, that's what people tr- think of. I, when I was, I when I was more... saying two, I was thinking more like legitimate Resident Evil. So like one through three. Because by four, four is where it took that turn to more like action game. No, four is still very legit Resident Evil horror. I, I it does have the QTEs, but no, I didn't. Besides that, didn't, like, I didn't say it went full action game. I said it was it was taking the turn towards action. Like maybe like that was that was the one where like they started introducing more of like oh like fast reload and QTE and stuff like that. Where like then they just went full action game in five. Yeah, I mean, it still has the tank controls, though, which is... Does it? Really, even on modern yeah. console? I mean, I haven't played it on modern, but, like, even... So do the tank controls still are... Like, yeah, you have the control stick, so it's not as tanky, but you have to stop to shoot. I didn't know that. Yeah, Resident Evil 4, you still have to stop to shoot. I bet there's a mod you could install to not have to do that. Yeah, I'm not doing that. Um... Because that's I that that is part of what you that is a little of a little bit of a loss in Resident Evil is losing losing that you have to stop to shoot like it 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 kind of takes a little bit of the suspense away but like then you got situations like in Resident Evil Two where the zombies are immortal um and it doesn't matter how many times you kill them they still keep coming back to life uh I I had in both playthroughs of Resident Evil Two. I had one zombie that got me every time I entered into a certain room each time. And for Leon's, it was going from either from the main hall to the detective office or from the detective office to the main hall. And in Claire's, it was going from the star's office to the library. I had a zombie get me every time. And every time I went into that room, I would blow those zombies' legs off. I would shoot them in the heads. They would make the noses like they're dead. And then they'd still be alive the next time I got into that room. Every fucking time. Oh, this is unrelated to that, but I do have a bone to pick with you. Uh-huh. I I saw you made a tweet about what you should play next on stream, and, uh-huh. and you had zero responses. So I went uh-huh. in there, and I thought about that for at least 15 minutes and came uh-huh. up with a recommendation for you, and you never responded. Y- yeah, um, what time was that? Uh, two hours ago at 5.50? Right? No, it was way before five fifty. It says it says two hours. So five forty four is when you sent that. I was taking a shit. All the perfect so, time to be responding to tweets. I saw that and was like, I'll respond to it later and then we started recording. I mean I also got another response for Pokemon. Um so it's I Mario is it 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 could happen. I could do Mario. Like um there's a lot of Mario, but like playing it wouldn't be lost levels because I don't think technically there's credits to roll. Once you beat that, that you just keeps going. No, they like they have like a like an ending to them. Yeah, but like it, it wouldn't. I like I probably wouldn't do lost levels, but I would do Mario two, Mario three. Well, I mean that is Mario two. No, I, I uh-huh. would do. I would do American Mario two. Yeah, but if, if you're playing it from the the Switch Online app, it's it's called Mario two. What lost levels? Yeah, is it called Mario two? I think so. I don't know. I can't remember. But I mean that's that's a, an an option. And but... look, you don't have to do you don't have to do Japan Japanese Mario too because like you you would you would get frustrated and stop a hundred percent. Yeah, I and it would I definitely I mean I'm 
I could potentially go back to Mario World, but like I'd stopped playing that game for a reason. And you were almost done. I was, and I wasn't having fun. So it's like I I would I would more so say oh, yes to you know doing. What? I take it back. I take back my recommendation. This is like a like that was mostly a joke. Um, I know legit recommendation. Yakuza. You've you have suggested that, and that's all available on Game Pass, I believe. So. I'm pretty sure it is, and even if some of them aren't, they do go on pretty good sales pretty regularly on Steam. Yeah. Um, and you could legitimately start with Kiwame or Zero, because Zero is like a a prequel that takes place in the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. I you might not love the the combat right away because like those early games are just like brawler beat 'em ups. Um, it doesn't switch yeah. to like the turn based combat until eight, which is like a dragon, but the story and the side quests and the characters are so much fun um, that, like, I think you would get super fucking into it. Yeah, I, it's it's just right now. Like, uh, Evan suggested Pokemon, and I'm like, I'm not going to do Pokemon because they're just so such long games, and there's so many. Of also, them. if you're not doing but, like the like the cool Pokemon stuff, like the um, and not not Nuzlocks, because those aren't all that much fun to watch either. But like randomizers or like speedrun yeah. stuff. Pokemon's not a fun game to watch. Yeah, I mean, I've I've watched some people play Pokemon, but it's it's overall just chatting with the person who's playing and less watching them. Exactly, play. it's very much but, like a chill. You're you're trying to have a conversation with your audience. You're not trying to play yeah. a game. Yeah, but like I like the the Yakuza. Like I don't know the exact length of those games. They're about twenty hours, but, give or take. Yeah, that's that's my biggest worries. If like there's eight games that are each twenty hours. No, um, eight is like fifty. Yeah, exactly. So, like, if I were to pick that up, like, that, that is definitely not something I would do, like, for, like, I would probably say no to Yakuza just because of the length of the game. So, Yakuza Kiwame is 18 hours. Um, Yakuza Zero is actually 31 hours. So, there's that. Exa- yeah. So, like, at, at, like, I, it needs to be something limited to, like, a few days per game for the series or, like, a week per game at most and it not be a long series. So, like, if I were to do the Mario one, it would be all the 3D Mario games. So it would be like the 3D World Mario games. So it would be like uh, uh, 64, Sunshine, Galaxies, maybe Galaxies 2 if I could find a way to play it. But I probably can't find a way to play it. Um, Odyssey, those ones. Um, the the 2D Mario games, I could do those all each in one session as well. No, like, you something couldn't. like that. Come on now. Well, like Mario One and 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 I, I've never really gotten much past like the second level in American Mario Two, so I don't really know how long that'll fucking take to play. But like, it's just it really depends on how long the games and how big this series. Like somebody could say um, the Tales uh, Tales of series, and it'd be like, oh yeah, well Tales of Arise is sixty hours, so. You you want me to play nothing but Tales of for the next five years? Like that's just too much. I would love to do that, but that's a lot of RPG. But and like I mean, you're not wrong. For what it's worth, on the on the Yakuza argument, um, I have seen a lot of people who stream who stream less than you do on on an average um, that have been making their way through the Yakuza games and really enjoying them. Mm-hmm. Like on stream. Yeah, yeah, I've I've seen I've seen if I watched I rated out to somebody yesterday who was playing you. Like cuz um th- they're they're fun enough that like the characters and like the story in those are like good television also. Yeah. So like even when it's like you're stuck in like a cutscene or whatnot, like it's still entertaining for people to watch. Yeah. 
and like like some of the characters and side quests are just stupid over the top bullshit. It's great. Um, but that's that's probably a show. Yeah, I gotta go food shopping. What an asshole! Like, <laughs> you're gonna show up at eight thirty at night to the fucking grocery store. They they close at midnight. I'm not showing up at last call. Nobody like, wants you there that late though. They have shit to do. Right, Drew? Like what? They they're working. What else are they gonna do? Not yeah, work, I mean, obviously. It's not that bad. Man, you it's guys not like you showing up at eight thirty when closings at nine with a bag full of shit to return. Yeah, like I'm 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 at least like I've I've done that before. I've like ran to ShopRite at like five of closing to grab like one thing before. You know what I think it is? I hate I, it. I worked more retail than either of you guys did. Uh no. Uh like, all right, maybe. Yes, a little bit. Like I when did, did you work- stop you worked retail. I'm not saying you didn't. I worked more retail. Sure, you also worked at a real shit GameStop. That is true, but I also didn't work at just GameStop. F- yeah, fair. Um, you you at least were in a shopping center where like you didn't have people coming real late, and my GameStop wasn't that bad. The problem we had was Audubon sucked and fucking would just lock their doors at eight fifteen and not let anybody in. But also, come on, the management at your store never gave a shit about anything. I'm telling properly. Shannon. Did She's Shannon to really agree. care? She cared more than she should have. Okay, fair. But, like, that store was never in, like, proper condition. It was in better condition, I think, than you think it was. But, but, but again, Wegmans closes at midnight. I have four hours. Yeah. I know. And you know what? When I worked at, like, a CVS, people that came in at 8 o'clock when we closed at 10, I still fucking hated them. But Why? Because they were messing shit up on the shelves that I had to then go fucking fix again. We'll wait until 10 o'clock and then fix it then. You're not allowed to. Why? So, like, I actually, Wegmans probably does it differently because that store is so big and so busy. But, like, even when I worked at that shitty little thriftway, generally, like, the last, like, two hours of the night are, like, going around and, like, straightening all the shelves up because they get fucking wrecked throughout the day. So, like, you're pulling things forward, you're lining it back up, making sure it's in front of the right tag. Like, uh-huh. You're not staying for two hours after close. You're there for maybe 15 minutes if your manager doesn't suck. So, like, yeah. the store closes at 10. You're out by 10.15. See, I, and this, like, your thrift store was tiny. Yeah. The, the Wegmans is huge. They probably have overnight workers restock the shelves. They don't. That's, it's baffling. The amount of times I've gone in there in the, like, first thing in the morning and they're fucking empty and restocking their shelves is insane. Like, they, well, they should you're have the overnight. jerk. You're the asshole for going there at 8 o'clock in the morning. Man, they like, open at 6. Yeah, but uh, if I'm the asshole for going there four hours before they close, he's a bigger asshole for going there two hours after they open. No, getting people coming in first thing in the morning is the best because that makes the, the day move along faster. Mm-hmm. Again, you never worked retail. You don't get it. But but I'm making the day move along faster by going there at night. No, at, you're giving no, them no, no, more no, no. work to do at the end of the night. That is true. But... I'm not giving them more work to do. I'm giving because I'm not giving them more work to do because I'm going to be gathering my own um, groceries and I'm probably going to be checking myself out. So they're actually doing no extra work for me. No, they have to go up and clean up all the shit that you knock over. Cause we both know you're an asshole in the store. <laughs> you just run your I, cart into fucking end caps, just knock please. entire fucking displays over. I You don't do that? No. Because I, I work he, retail, motherfucker. He <laughs> shops like like it's supermarket sweep. Exactly. Like, <laughs> so, I gotta get in and I gotta get in and out in ten minutes, or else I'm not gonna win the prize. So this actually actually two very quick l- anecdotes. Um, one Wegman's related. 
I'm so fucking bummed that they stopped doing the scan as you go thing. Yeah, I, I mean, I never actually used it. Um, we used it every fucking week. It made mm-hmm. it made shopping so easy because you just you grab the thing, you scan it, you put it in your bag, you go up, you just scan the barcode on self checkout, pay and leave. Like go to Whole Foods. Ch- oh, does Whole Foods do that now? I I don't a hundred percent know for sure that the one in Cherry Hill does, but I know like Amazon when they bought Whole Foods, like that is a thing Amazon uh, is like implementing. No, Whole Foods is just a little too expensive and yes. doesn't sell like enough of what we actually buy. No, you're not wrong. <laughs> um, but the other thing that's actually like just completely unrelated to that, um, yesterday, I forget if it was when we were walking to, I think it was when we were coming back from lunch to New York Comic Con. Um, there was this lady walking with a child, um, from the convention who like spilled their bag of popcorn that they had bought. And, like, uh-huh. they just started to walk away with the popcorn on the ground. <laughs> oh, no. And it was in front of, like, a hotel. And, like, the security guy for the hotel was having fucking none of it. And was so fucking angry. And, like, he started out not angry. He he was just like, excuse me. Excuse me, miss. And, like, the lady just kept walking and ignoring him. Uh-huh. And, like, then he just goes, yo! What the <laughs> <fuck>? <laughs> um, And, like, she turns around and starts yelling at him. She's like... It's on the ground. It's trash. What am I going to do with it? And he's like, you pick it up. You don't just walk away. Like, it was such a New York, like, confrontation. It was uh-huh. amazing. Nice. I also, um, it's been a while since I've been in New York City, and, like, it was definitely a little busier than usual just, like, in the city. Like, like in the last couple mm-hmm. times I was up there. And I've never totally understood the, hey, I'm walking here as much as I did this weekend. Because the amount of fucking people that would just walk in front of you and then kind of slow down on the street. I'm like, bitch, I don't care if you want to look in the store window. I was walking at least five miles an hour faster than you. Do not step in front of me to look inside of a window. Get the fuck out of my way. I have a train to catch my feet hurt. Yep. (laughs) Meanwhile, Richie's Richie's over there, like, barely able to to move. Just... I stayed out of the way. Chugging along behind me. Look, I kept up. Okay. You did. You did. You, I could I tell you were uncomfortable, but you fucking made it. Yeah. I was not having it by the end of Saturday, but I made it. I made it. And it's mostly my fault for wearing shitty shoes. Yeah, dude. This, this motherfucker showed up to, like, the, got in my car, and his one shoe was just fucking, like, talking. Like, it was just ripped open in the front. And he thought those were good shoes to wear to walk around New York City. All they're seriously. honestly, they're the best shoes I had besides the one. They're not the best shoes I had. I have better shoes, but they're dirty and I didn't. I wasn't why, thinking. Why would honestly. you use good shoes for doing the yard work? Come on. Yeah, why don't you well, use no, like, the shoes that are ripped open for yard work? Yeah. Because those shoes, I'm not using fucking vans for yard work. Why not? Oh, That's just dumb. I like you at your yard generally gets so bad that like you need like actual good shoes to do I that. I need I need yeah, I need good shoes to do yard like, work. Even if I were to mow it every other week, I still need like good shoes because it's just there's so much in my yard, it's so uneven, it's not in a good shape that I need like decent shoes. And usually what it is and it, like is I will uh, I'll buy, whenever I buy a new pair of shoes, my old shoes become my yard work shoes. Yeah, so I do the same thing. And so, so that's what happened with the shoes that are now my yard work shoes are, I bought these pairs of Vans. Um, but I was like, alright, I need to buy, like, walking or, like, running shoes as well, and I never bought the running shoes. So, my, what was my running shoes were also my yard work shoes. And I just, I, they're 
covered in they were covered in grass and dirt and shit like that that I never washed them because it's like I the only time I wear them is when I'm walking, jogging, or doing yard work. So I don't need to wash them because I don't wear them into people's houses. And then all right, well now I need to wear them into New York. So which I mean honestly, like grass is not that bad considering all the other shit you find on the streets in New York. Like I'm pretty sure I saw, yeah. I'm pretty sure I saw human shit stains in one spot. Oh, I'm sure. I am absolutely sure. But I think that's probably going to do it for this week. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, as we said a little while ago, our next book club will be on the 27th, and we're going to watch Tremors from 1990, starring one Kevin Bacon. Um, but other than that, if you'd like to find more of our content, you can head over to www.one-quest.com. You can also help us out by supporting us at patreon.com slash onequest. If you can't support us there with your dollars, though, you can go to your favorite podcast platform, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, all those places. Rate us, review us, subscribe to us. It all helps. You can also find us on social media, facebook.com slash onequestonline or at one underscore quest on Instagram and Twitter. Our YouTube channel is youtube.com slash onequestvideo, and you can always send us an email to social at one-quest.com. And then, Rich, uh, what's your streaming schedule? Uh, if everything works out properly, this show's still coming out on Thursday, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, so if everything works out right tomorrow, I will have played and be in Resident Evil 3. The remake is only like six hours. I should be able to do that in one sitting, seeing as I've done it once before. Um, and I should be starting Resident Evil 4 today on stream, tonight on stream, the day that this releases, the 13th. I'm doing all the Resident Evils by the end of the month. Um... As long as I can get through Resident Evil 6 by the 21st, I'll be good to go. Uh, but that's a big ask, because Resident Evil 6 is fucking 20 plus hours long, and I'm not happy about it. So, yeah. Come check it out. Twitch.tv slash be underscore walnuts. <laughs> um, and Rich, I don't know if you saw, but Funko Brazil is following us on Instagram now. Hey. Are they? <laughs> yeah. I did. I, 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 you know, I've... Uh, since resetting my phone, I haven't reset all of my logins, so I have not been privy to any of that information for a while yeah erica posted a picture i think that included their booth and the brazil account followed us you know what i think they followed me as well there you go they just follow fucking everybody Uh, yeah yeah but yeah we'll be back next week with something else to talk about thanks for listening bye bye